0: I was today's years old when I found out that the natural raspberry flavoring is just beaver anal gland secretions. Uh, And that's real fucked up. For the longest time, I'd heard that vanilla extract was the same thing. It's just like, oh yeah, that's, you know, it's beaver anus juice. And you're just like, ah, no. But apparently uh, the raspberry thing is like legit. Um, We know that in America, you can you can say natural flavorings and you don't have to specify on the packaging what exactly natural flavorings are. Uh, but, you know, that's a benefit of operating in America, I guess. I don't know because I know that if you go anywhere else in the world, like that, that packaging is way more detailed. Because, of course, no one gives a fuck what's in your body in America unless it has to deal with a very, very specific thing. But we won't get into that. It's always weird doing a podcast by yourself. Like, this is the third or fourth time I've done this style of episode. Uh, Jacob's on vacation, a much deserved vacation. Um, so, shout out, Jacob. You look good in that shirt. I'm not going to roast you this time. Um, but I am going to answer some questions. I got some good ones. So, without further ado, let's get to it big fan of your pod and having recently learned that your episodes are all done on one take with little to no editing. I find that kind of insane. Where did the inspiration for your podcast come from and why did you choose this format? I've sort of touched on this before. um, But like the editing thing basically came down to being lazy. I just really, uh, (laughs) I just didn't want to do it because I was going to have to do all the work anyways. Uh, And it's, you know, that's not a, that's not a shot at Jacob. It's just, it was my idea to do a podcast. Um, and it was, I am in a way a bit of a control freak in the sense that I would rather just be in charge. Uh, that way, if anything goes wrong, it's on me. And there's no, I can't cast blame on anybody else. Not that there's any blame, you know, anything like that. But also, I think with the style of the podcast that we do, It kind of just works, and over time, it has become very easy to do this podcast. It is not something that, I mean, it requires some thought in in that we have to come up with things to talk about, but as far as like, I know there's a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of people we're friends with that have podcasts, and they have to do so much editing, and it's like work, and that was the thing that... I had had a podcast prior. I'd actually had two podcasts before I did this one, and I did not want all those podcasts failed, quote unquote, if you want to say if they failed. I mean they stopped. So I guess they just stopped abruptly. It wasn't like something like okay, you know, here's the plan. We're going to end on this episode. It was just a very similar format to what this is, uh, with a little more structure. But it was I didn't want to fall into the same problems where it became work right there's that old adage well if you enjoy what you do you'll never work a day in your life which i think is a bunch of horse shit but in the same vein of that it's it doesn't take i mean we it takes us an hour a total time per week for a podcast it maybe takes two hours and that is including like an hour and 15 minutes of recording that includes all of the you know throughout the week, coming up with shit to talk about, sort of thing, and like Jacob and I, legit, I mean, anybody who's been on the podcast, anybody who's listening and has been a guest can can attest to this. Like we have a we have a an outline, right? And Jacob, more often than not, will put more notes on there than I do because his memory is for shit. But I will, you know, I'll jot down things here and there, but most of the time half of the stuff that's on an outline never gets covered anyways because we just fucking riff. And part of the, 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 this format was because I did not want to get pigeonholed per se into a certain, okay, you know, we only talk about video games. We only talk about comics. We only talk about true crime. We only talk about like porn or whatever. Like we talk about all those things. And I think that in a sense, someone once described us as a, as a early morning, like talk radio and, I assume it was a compliment cause I took it as one. Um, and that's kind of what it is. It's just kind of the banter, the, you know, the ridiculousness, just the turn your brain off and like, listen to two people talk two people that hopefully you have some genuine sentiment towards. Otherwise I don't know how you could stand listening to two people you don't like because that's happened to me before with podcasts. There's been people that were like, I like these people. And then over time I started not liking these people and I, I at a certain point, it felt like an obligation to listen to it because I was like, "Oh, I've been listening to this podcast for ten years," and then the, the podcast changes over time, and you kind of just fall out of love with these people. I guess I don't know. I, I'm kind of just talking out my ass at this point. But um, as far as like why why we chose this format, because it was the only format that was going to work for Jacob and I. I don't know. I think this is episode like one sixteen or one fifteen or something. There was only one way that we were going to get to this many episodes and that was if we did it kind of free flow, kind of no real structure, no like hard deadlines, no like okay, we got to do this, we're going to talk about this for 3 minutes, we're going to talk about this for 5 minutes. You know, there's been plenty of episodes where we've talked about we've had 12 things on an outline and we've talked about 3 because we spend 45 minutes fucking talking about some something that has nothing to do with anything, right? And I think that's just I think the appeal of the way we do it is it's a natural conversation. It's just like you and your homies hanging out chilling and it's just the water cooler talk because like everything is so structured and whatever. But the biggest inspiration really came from a podcast called tell em Steve Dave. I don't know if anybody who listens to this listens to that podcast but it's Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers with Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan from uh, Comic Book Man. But Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan are also uh, childhood friends of Kevin Smith, of, you know, clerks and Mallrats and all that. Jay and Silent Bob. And so their podcast started like like eight, nine years ago. And it's basically just the three of them getting into a room and talking about shit. And it's essentially what Jacob and I do. So... That is where the primary inspiration came from. That, um, but I think it works. I, I, I think I could do, I think Jacob could too. If now that we've done this for two years, I think Jacob could do, could do something a little bit more structured if he wanted to. I mean, he does the weekly weirds and he does a really good job with those because he writes a script and he reads the script and he you know narrows it down to you know two to three minutes bite size. So I think he could do something that was much more scripted and, and concise if he wanted to. But there's just something. And anybody who does a podcast can also attest to this. There's something extremely therapeutic about just talking, and it doesn't. And honestly, it doesn't really matter what you talk about, as long as like you're talking and you feel as though as someone is listening to you. There's something extremely therapeutic. I mean, I guess that's how. There's an entire fucking industry built upon talking to a stranger and then them telling you what's wrong with you, right? So it's not to that extent, but sometimes you just like you have. For example, I I spend a lot of time around women. My, you know, my daughter, my wife, my wife's friends all live here. So, until Jacob came around, all of my guy friends didn't really live here. I had a bunch of friends when I first moved here, but then they all fucked off and they all moved away and started their, you know, started families and stuff, which is, you know, totally cool, totally great. Um, but there was a point where literally I was just hanging around not like-minded not to say that they weren't like-minded but it was just like the things that I wanted to talk about are the things that nobody else wanted to talk about so like all of this stuff kind of just like built up inside that's why I spent a lot of time on Twitter and made friends on Twitter and this that and the other but as I've done this podcast I've you know made a lot of friends and I have been able to have an outlet because now I actively or subconsciously I don't know I just, I've noticed this lately that I'm not tweeting as much as I used to and I think it's just because I have an outlet and more friends to talk to off of social media. I know it sounds so weird when they say it out loud, but I have an avenue. I have an outlet. I have multiple outlets to, like, say shit. And there's enough people interested in me and interested in Jacob to where they're like, "Yo, yeah, I find these people fucking interesting. These these guys are kind of cool. You know? And it's, it's, it's a feeling that is unexplainable when someone's like, hey, and, and even if it's like outside of your friends, right? I've made friends because they've listened to the podcast. But like when you have someone come up to you, like, yo, I listened to your episode. It was, it was dope. Like there's something extremely freeing about that. Not, I don't want to say validation, but you know, in a, in a sense, yes. Um, okay. So this one says, how did you decide on what's your spaghetti policy? What were some other name considerations? I know we've talked about this before, um, this is from somebody, this is from another podcast. So it was just like a, you know, an easy question. Um, how did you decide on which spaghetti process? Well, because I love always, I love always sunny in Philadelphia. It's my favorite show of all time. Um, and I think at that time I had just convinced Jacob to start watching always sunny. And it was sort of like, we didn't want to do the typical, you know, oh, it's the A&J show or the Alex and Jacob show or, you know, whatever. And so we just thought of like, okay, what's what's a, a random line in Always Sunny or a TV show that we watch that if people watch the show, they'll understand it, but then it's also like, different enough to you're going to be like, what the fuck? What's your spaghetti policy? Is this like a spaghetti podcast? So like when we first did our first few episodes, we always had to clarify, you know, we're not a spaghetti, we're not a spaghetti podcast. We're not an always sunny podcast, but we do love both of those so much to like the point now that if there's ever any sort of like spaghetti related thing on Twitter, We get tagged in a lot of them, and so we always kind of – we kind of just play up on the brand of spaghetti and, you know, we're the spaghetti lords and Spaghetti Town and yada, yada, yada. But that's honestly just where it came from. We didn't have any really other names. It was just kind of like this is the – it's like when you know, you know, right? We said, you know, oh, let's just go what's your spaghetti policy. And then we had to look to make sure that, you know, Rob McElhaney and Charlie Day weren't going to sue us uh, because that, to my knowledge, is not trademarked. That would – suck if it found out it was trademarked but because it's a podcast and we do not make any money off of it uh, i believe we are free and clear um is it important to develop a rapport with your service people i.e your bug man your yard man your mailman your trash man you know it's a very good question because i think the answer is yes to an extent um, I say hi to my mailman, but I, I don't leave gifts for the mailman. I know that a lot of people will leave Christmas cards and gifts for their mailman around like Christmas and stuff. That's weird to me. I think you should be friendly, but I think you should just be friendly to everybody until they give you a reason not to. Um, but my, uh, just based off this question, the bug man, uh, my bug man is super cool. Um, so much so that like, I would hang out with him outside of like the job, right? Because um, we think we think a lot alike, and then you know, it, during certain uh, times in this country, as of recently, uh, we have been able to communicate and talk, and we are very like minded in that sense. And so we see the world, and we see where we live specifically in the in a very similar light. Um, but I think, I mean, I think yeah, you don't want to like piss off your, you know, famously. The I've had uh, a beef with the, with my trash man, which it wasn't even a beef, right? It was an unspoken beef, because like I'm the one that had an issue with the trash man, having never spoken to the trash man. I mean, if you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there is uh, an episode called Unspoken Beef, and I go into a long diatribe about things that have went on with my the the garbage man and my trash can and doing shit on purpose and not putting the trash can back where it's supposed to be whatever and he was only doing it to mine um i eventually got over it, it you know it was great for the episode but like i don't even i don't even it's one of those things where like it just happens all the time till like i just chuckle now like I, sometimes i'll watch him you know in the mornings when he comes and he picks up our trash and like you just see how lazy it literally is like two feet, not even two feet to where he needs to put it to where he ends up putting it. And it's just like, I just like laugh and chuckle and think about the podcast actually. Um, but the bug man, the yard, I don't have a yard service. Um, I think if you do have a yard service, someone does mow your yard. I think it is, I think you should it'd be nice to him. I mean, I, you know, you don't want to be one of those people where like they miss a, 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 a blade of grass and like you go out and you just like talk to him like a dog. Cause then you're a piece of shit. um, but I've never been financially well off enough to have a yard service. I just mow my yard. it's fine. like I don't like it. Um The older I've gotten, I will say this I, I don't don't get me wrong. I hate mowing my fucking yard like I hate it with a passion. But the older I've gotten, the less hatred I have for it. I don't think I'm ever going to get to the point to where like I like it, but it's kind of just like, yeah, I'll do it whatever. I just throw in podcasts, listen to some music. It takes an hour and a half. I'm done, right. I just, I hate being outside, I hate being hot, so that's mostly what it is, um, but I think, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you have, I guess it just, if you have, like, a professional yard service, high by, you know, being courteous and stuff, but if it's, like, a neighborhood kid, you know, that you're paying under the table, you should, yes, you should have, you should be nice to them, but I don't think you need to develop some fucking, like, friendship with them, because they're there to do a job, they're there to do a service, right, and I know that's, being a bit hypocritical considering what I just said about my bug man, but, um, I only see the bug man once every three months. Um, unless I need to call him because I have like spiders or whatever, but like, I've never actually hung out with the bug man. I just need to clarify that. I'm saying that I could. Um, but I, th- I mean, I think it's important just to be nice to everybody, right? Uh, especially someone who's doing a service to your house. Um, even if you don't I, again I've had people come in my house and I don't I've I've not vibed with them. You know, notoriously the fucking air conditioned man. I didn't fucking like him. Uh but I was nice. I was nice enough because again, this guy is in charge of fixing my air unit or not fixing it in that case. Um so there's that. Uh what is your expectations for when buying something? I expect it to last forever. Oh, I expect it to last forever is obviously delusional. But it should last a while, correct? I know that we've had this conversation on the podcast. Uh, It's weird how humans associate value and, like, not just, like, monetary value, just value of something. Because, like, you go, you know, and I've said this before, you go to the dollar store and you buy a toy for $2. If it breaks, like, I don't give a shit, Right? But if I spend twenty five dollars on a Bluey playset for my child, and it breaks the first time she plays with it, then I'm pissed off, because the expectation is that okay, this is a Bluey toy. It's twenty five dollars. I bought it from Target. It's going to be good quality, versus the two dollar toy that's like an off brand Dollar General thing. So, uh, I think it just depends on what it is. Honestly, I mean that's that's that. There's no right answer. Or wrong answer, I guess. There's no right or wrong answer to that. I mean, if you think that if Like Jacob, he thinks if he spends some money on anything, it should last forever. And I do think that is delusional thinking. Um, If it's plastic or if it's a toy that's going to get beaten, banged up, like, it's not going to last forever. But if, you know, you buy an air conditioning unit, it's not going to last forever, but the expectation is for it to last, you know, 15, 20, 25 years. But, you know... If you go, this sounds so old, but like if you go back and look at the shit that, you know, the microwave you had growing up is probably 30 30 years old, you know, and it would still work. But if you buy a brand new microwave, it's going to last for five years because it's easier to just buy a new one now than it is to replace it because of how they changed manufacturing into things. And so it's, you know, it's a whole thing. But, you know, you can go into that whole deep dive too about how, Oh well, I spent because in in video games specifically, you know, they always want to be like, or in movies, they're like, you know, how I I want my sixty dollars, I want my sixty dollars out of this game. You know, I spent sixty dollars on this game, and I didn't feel like I got my sixty bucks out of it. And it's like, okay, well, you can't really argue with that because what someone associates sixty dollars. Or what they equate sixty dollars worth of value out of something is way different than what I would, because obviously Jacob thinks, you know, for sixty bucks, um, it, you know, he should get everything for for free that comes out afterwards, and then it should be the super substantial. And like, I don't disagree necessarily that it should feel like a complete. I feel like anytime you buy a game, it should feel like a complete experience. Everything that comes afterwards is 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 bonus, right? You don't, you don't necessarily need the stuff, the DLC, to make it feel complete. It's a little different with fighting games just because of the, the, the nature of the beast that is fighting games where you release a new character every two or three months or whatever in order to keep things fresh. But, you know, if the, if the roster on a fighting game is substantial, you know, 25, 30 characters, and they all feel different enough, I think it's fine. I personally don't have any issues paying $60. This is weird. I don't have any issues paying $60 for a game, a full price for a single player game, but I will never buy a multiplayer game at full price, even though, like a game like Hunt, I think to, I checked today, I've spent 120 hours playing Hunt Showdown online. That is a lot of time for a game that I spent $20 on. So I more than managed to get my money's worth out of that. But if I'm looking back at it now, I probably, in hindsight, in retrospect, definitely probably would have paid full price for it. But I have, I've always had a rule. And that rule mostly came into play in college when I didn't have um, disposable income for like every video game release. Um, I, I worked at GameStop I would used to check out games. I would take games home and mostly the games I would take home would be multiplayer games. Um and so I I have just set a rule then. I don't know why I necessarily set the rule because theoretically you're going to get more time out of out of a multiplayer game, but you're not necessarily going to get the same experience, right? Um I prefer single player experiences. I prefer single player games. Um I just picked up Deathloop, and I've played it about maybe two hours, and I just got to the part where somebody can play as Juliana and can come into your game. And so it's a very weird thing because I don't – and there's a setting in there that you can change, um, that it can be friends only or the NPC can be Juliana. But, like, it's a very weird thing where somebody can – just a random person can come fuck your game up. And initially I'm just like, no way, no way in hell. I don't want grifters coming in that have like beaten the game in a day, super powered and like makes it to where it's not fun. But they did a very, you know, you can turn that option off. The whole point of that is that initially, like, you know, I thought it was going to be like a a PVP V E style, but it is a complete single player experience. Um, If you've played dishonored and you like dishonored, you will like deathloop it is very similar both in tone structure and gameplay um, it's a little bit more cheeky uh, they kind of lean into a little bit of the humor a little more kind of like 70s humor um, but again you know i spent 60 60 bucks on it um you know i'm interested in aliens fireteam or whatever but like it's 40 bucks and i'm not interested in paying $40 for multiplayer only i don't know why i am the way i am i just am okay it's just the rules that I set. Uh, Jacob's the other way. Jacob would spend more money on a multiplayer game than he would a single player game because his uh, his theory, which is his theory, he can't tell you he's wrong. He's gonna play a game, he's gonna beat it, and he's gonna be done with it. A multiplayer game, he's gonna play it for, you know, theoretically for a long time. So, um, you know, in movies, you know, you go to the movie theater, and even before COVID, it was sort of a, is this movie worth me driving to the theater, spending 45 50 bucks and did I enjoy the movie? Like going to the theater was more of an experience than like actually watching the movie. Um but the movie played a big part into whether or not I felt like I got my money's worth. And for, you know, for the most part, yeah, you know, okay. But the that, you know, that begs the question. It's like I've not seen Shang-Chi. I might go this weekend. I don't know but it's like you know two and a half hours it's three hours of my day it might be you know I've, I've heard a lot of people love it i've had two people specifically who hated it um so it's like okay well and then even if it was overwhelmingly like everyone was like oh my god it's so good it's probably i'm probably not gonna go right uh just because i there's like the natural way I look at it: if everybody loves something, then I'm probably not going to, right? Breath of the Wild is a prime example of something that everybody loves that I just despise, and I don't despise it because everybody loves it. I despise it because I don't, I just don't, I don't like the game and everything that, that about it, right? So, like, is Shang Chi gonna be worth the twenty bucks it's gonna cost me to go see it? I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, if I'm gonna go see it, I'm gonna, I gotta go see it this weekend. Um, but yeah, the whole idea, and that's just society, right? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I got a car payment, you know, I've got this, that, and the other house payment. And so it's like, we, we assign things value based on how we feel about things. Um, I think this was, I think that question was specifically about like toys and collectibles because this person that sent it knows that I am a collector. So like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, the way I view it is like if you buy a Marvel legends and like it's and it breaks, it's like okay, well, you know it's twenty bucks twenty five bucks um not that big a deal you can twenty four bucks whatever inflation, okay, but I buy like a storm collectible and you know it's they typically run anywhere from sixty nine seventy nine eighty nine depending on which character it is, right. You know, I had the thing with Motaru, it broke. And so then I had to fucking buy another one. And then, you know, I got a replacement and the whole thing. So it's like, that's the whole thing. Um, obviously, the more money you spend on it, the more you think it's worth. Um, but I'm not, all of my collectibles that I have, I don't like play with. And I was talking to Christine about it the other day. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a collector. I, I like to collect things. I can't explain that. And only people who collect things understand what it's like being a collector it's like drugs except not as harmful for your body Um, but like I don't (laughs) Christine was like making fun of me because I not making fun of me but she was just like busting my balls about how I bought this toy specifically for Zoe and I get this toy and it is the the rare version of it I paid the regular price right I paid 24 bucks $25 whatever it was for this action figure And I get And I bought it Just because it's like Oh I'm going to get it I'm going to open it I'm going to give it to her And let her play with it But when I got it It was the one of 3000 version So it's like the golden ticket Willy Wonka thing Uh And so like I was just like Holy shit I immediately go to eBay To see what it's selling for It was listed for like $899 It's not going to sell for that Um That's just what it's listed at But I eventually sold this Um So I'm in a really good mood. Uh, I eventually sold it, and the bid ended today, and I spent $25 on an action figure that I just turned around and sold for $550. It's a pretty fucking good turnaround. Um, I don't know how I got on that, other than just talking about toys. But yeah, so like, oh, that's what it was, because we were telling my father-in-law, you know, I bought this, whatever, and like, I'm not sitting here playing with these toys, but you know I ended up buying a toy that was going to be played with it ended up making you know fucking five hundred dollars five hundred plus because after you know shipping and taxes and everything else it's going to be about a five hundred dollar like margin basically which is fucking insane when you think about it now I haven't been paid for it uh but my whole thought process behind that is don't bid on something if you're not going to pay for it right I don't think the person's going to flake out um they were the first bidder and then they were also the one that won the bid. So I had like four bids in between, but like it had like over it had thousands and thousands of views, man. It's crazy. Like it was just I was watching it like every day just to see how much it would go up and it didn't go up for it hit the threshold on the first day of what I said I would sell it for. Um but it was fucking insane. Like that shit anybody that listens to the podcast, like the Osborne curse, like this shit never happens. Like those sort of like weird luck things never happen. So um I don't understand litter. Yeah, I don't either. I don't fucking... I, my whole life, I've never understood litter. I don't get why. I'm guilty. Look, I've done it before when I was a fucking teenager, and I would be in the car with my dad, and I would just, like, throw something out. And, like, I think about it now, and I'm just like, you're a piece of shit. Like, why would you do that? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I cannot fathom why you would not just wait to throw it in a trash can, especially in your car. You, have you seen some people's cars that are, like, go gross? Um, so like, I, I don't, I don't understand litter. I don't get it. Um, there's lots of things I don't understand. Um, I always throw my trash away. I'm so weird about this sort of thing. Ask anytime you see Christina or whatever, like if I, if you go shopping with me and like, let's say you pick something up, right? You have it in your hand and then you get halfway across the store and you're like, I don't want this anymore. Most people will just fucking set it down. Not me. I worked in retail too fucking long. If I will take it back and put it where it's supposed to go. Because I hate, I hated that shit when I worked in retail, when people would just put shit wherever, like, it goes back to the basic fucking principles you're told as a child, put shit back where you found it, right? Why is it that when people become adults, they just seemingly forget the fucking basics that you were told as a child? So whatever so I, I'm weird about litter I don't litter I don't like throwing I always try to throw I recycle I try to throw my all my shit in the trash try to recycle what I can I don't litter um the only thing I do throw out is gum I throw gum because like sometimes you just got to get rid of it right but that's the only thing that I throw out um I don't throw wrappers and bottles and bags and shit like that because that's just you know we only have one earth man you got to take care of that shit all right this <laughs> I wasn't going to answer this question Okay. Let it out. Let's hear it. And this is in reference to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I thought about I've I've talked to several people off of the podcast and, you know, off Twitter and just like text messaging. I am not in a good place when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um they are a perpetual fucking mess, right? It's one game. They got their ass blasted in by the Texans, who they should have they should have beat the Texans by 17 or more points. But they didn't. Uh, because that's what they do. And I'm not gonna harp on it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here because I could literally talk for 20 minutes about things. Just know that like I'm not I'm not happy. And it's not that they lost, per se, because They have lost so much, and they lose so much in so many games every year that the losing has stopped bothering me. It's how they lose. I didn't expect them to fucking go to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl this year. I expected them to win, you know, four or five games. But I expected them to not look like the same dog shit product I've seen my entire adult life minus one year, right? Because, like, when you think about this, like, I'm going to say this out loud. The Jacksonville Jaguars have one winning season since 2008. One. That's bad. That's like real bad. The entirety of my adult life, they've had one winning season. That shit starts to weigh on you, right? And it's like I've had people like, oh, if like you're not, you're, cause like I don't enjoy, like here's the thing. I was talking to somebody, shout out Ryan Morton. Um, I, he's like, well, you know what what would you do if that team moves like i'm going to stop watching football because i fucking hate the nfl the jaguars have been so bad that i fucking hate the nfl i like the jaguars that's it it just so happens that the jaguars are in the nfl like i don't watch other teams i don't watch sunday night football i don't watch monday night football just because the game is on i'm watching the jaguars and that's it but like they have taken every sense of joy out of what i used to like which i used to like the nfl but they've taken that away from me because they're so bad. They're just so so bad. <sighs> but anyways, I'm not ta- I'm not I'm not going into it. I'm not I'm not going into it. I'm going to move on if I can find the next question. Tell us your favorite Parkway Drive album. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I got it. That was worded weird. Yes, te- tell us your favorite Parkway Drive album. I know this has been asked before too and I do not have an answer for you and I'm sorry. Um if anybody who's listening doesn't know Parkway Drive, my favorite band like of all time. Parkway is life. It's not just a band, it's not just music, it's a fucking lifestyle. Uh they are the best in my opinion. Um I don't have a favorite album because every album has hit and means something different to me. And I know that's so cliché, right? Um every I can listen to every single album. I can listen to every single song. Um it's not there i mean there are some songs that like i'll skip sometimes i'm like oh, i don't want this this is not it's not heavy enough for me right now but like if i have to, I'll, I'll i'll tell you this um horizons was the first album i heard that is not their first album killing with a smile is their first album and it's very it's i mean it's it's a first album you know it's very very dirty grungy like a lot more screamy than normal um horizons was the one that I, like i listened to and i was like holy shit who are these guys right and then the follow-up was deep blue and deep blue like i liked horizons i love horizons but deep blue was the album where it went from i really like these guys to, this is probably my favorite band of all time it was and then you know then atlas comes out and atlas is the one if you look at the trajectory of the way the band works you have like heavy music, fast paced, whatever, lyrics or whatever. And then as it gets closer, the older they get, the deeper the lyrics become, the darker the lyrics become, but the music is not as heavy as it used to be, right? So like Atlas is the one is the, is this is the 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 melting point between dark lyrics and heaviness because the next album Ire is very dark but it's a lot more lighter musically reverence is dark um very very dark but like i don't it's so hard man i just i don't have a favorite album i can't it's like choosing your favorite kid and and it is so cliche but like i, I can't answer it like i cannot if you put a gun to my head i'd be like it just depends on the day it just depends on the day because like some of my favorite songs are on atlas but I wouldn't categorize Atlas as my favorite album because I probably like Deep Blue more than Atlas. Yeah, you know what I mean? But I I like them all equally, if we're being honest. I can't I can't answer it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh let's see here. Who is more handsome, me or Cade? And why is Cade so ugly? Listen, I'm not into Your little petty feud between the two of you. I think you're both fuck ugly. Um, Your personalities are terrible. No, I'm just kidding. You're both great. You're both great. Listen to this, and you know, Ian, you're great. Cade, you're great. You guys are cool. What are you gonna do? I'm not. I'm not into your. Why don't you guys just kiss already? What video game property would you like to see made into a movie? Man, a movie is hard. I think things work better as a TV show now. And like the older I get, I feel like TV shows are where it's at for video game medium to transition into like that kind of entertainment. I mean, by all accounts, the, the Castlevania animated shows is really good. I saw the first season and then I just never went back and watched it. Um, but like that's the thing. And maybe that's the problem is that all the video game franchises are being turned into movies when you're having to consolidate 18, 20, 30 hour games into a two hour story, it kind of isn't the same as like if you turn in a, you know, a 20 hour game into a 10 episode TV show, that's 10 hours. So I think you can narrow it down into that, right? And it would make more sense. Um, but I think from like, specifically to answer this question, I think Metroid would make a really good movie because a lot of Metroid is obviously you know exploring this that, and the other. So like you could you could make it work as a two hour movie, I believe. Um, but that that was the only one that really just popped in because I think everything else benefits more by being um, a TV show basically. So uh, let's see here. If you could play any instrument, I think that you said you don't. What would it be? And what make and model. Man, I can't answer this question. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, I am so extremely untalented. And I have like zero rhythm. Uh, I tried to play drums once. But like that didn't work. The... When I tried to... I, I tried to play music a couple of times. But like I just have... I didn't have the patience to like sit there and do something forever and not be good. You would be better, but not be good. And like, I just don't have, I, I don't have the care and I don't have the, the want, I guess if anything, because I'm doing a podcast, a singer, I guess, and I'm a microphone, like that's the only thing that I could do. I feel like I could run a band more than I could be in a band, but that's no fun. Um, if you could build a five member metal super group, who would be your lead rhythm bass drums and vocals be and briefly why? Well, the singer would be Winston McCall. The guitarist would be Jeff Ling and Luke Kilpatrick. The bass would be Jaya O'Connor. And the drummer would be Ben Gordon. And I would call them Parkway Drive. <laughs> um, no, but like lyric like I think vocally, I've always been fond of Randy Bly, uh lead singer of Lamb of God, because I think he has one of the most unique voices within metal um because there is an argument you could be like oh well they this person kind of sounds like this person this person kind of yeah and like i can argue that but like also you could also be right you know that's one of those well they all sound the same okay well i can't really tell you that they don't even though you're wrong but like randy is so like very distinct in how he sounds that i think if you were going to do a metal band that's the that's the person you want um but there's so many talented musicians i'm not a fan of supergroups to be honest with you um some groups become supergroups just because i mean i think like metallica is a supergroup like acdc is a super group. like if you if every member of your band van halen to me is a supergroup they didn't start as supergroups but if if you know every if every single member of your band is like common knowledge most people know the guitarist and the lead singer right but if you know everybody in the band like on a on a regular like a regular Joe's like yeah I know that person is Peter Chris yeah hell yeah Gene Simmons hell yeah like kiss sucks by the way uh but like you know all those people ace freely hell yeah you know so like Paul Stanley there we go I almost forgot his name so like you have the like you know those five people it's kind of a group, but the idea of okay you take this guitarist and you take this drummer and you take this singer and you take this bass and this rhythm and you they're all from different bands and then they and like it's cool to where like you can create something different and fresh but when it comes to music there's always that like oh well that's you know that's the lead singer of lamb of god so like i expect this super group to sound like lamb of god and then like they don't sound like lamb of god so it's like You know, so like there's just weird expectations when, like, you know, somebody and you you come to, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't, it's, what are you going to do? Sue me if I didn't answer your question. Okay, one more it says Imagine Zoe gets into playing football, uh, quotes, soccer, because this comes from a lad over in the UK. Uh, do you go meh, rah, 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 go kid and support her to your fullest, or do you go full on soccer dad and learn all about Messi and Ronaldo, yell at the coaches and all that jazz? Now, I can answer this because she started her second season of soccer today. And it's pretty much just like, hey, go out there, have fun, do your best. I did not play soccer. So I do not, I am very competitive, but I am competitive in the, vein of things that I played um basketball and competitive football competitive but if it came down to it for her I think I, I know what it's like to have that parent like fucking on your ass all the time and just like oh you better score why'd you foul like I I'm not into that type of parenting and like yelling at your kid and embarrassing your kid and shit um that's not my style but I can be a little stern, and I know that if things play out the way they're supposed to, or the way I would like them to, I would like to coach Zoe in basketball. Um, now there's that whole dilemma do I am I harder on her so that I'm not showing favoritism towards my daughter? But you know, it's also like at the end of the day, I mean, to me. Not gonna tell when somebody to be competitive, but I don't think any of that stuff really matters until you get to middle school um as far as like really, really, really being competitive about winning and losing and stuff um but I mean, you always wanna win, right, but when you know they're four, five six, seven years old, and I think it's just all about having fun and learning learning the games and stuff like that, but I am for sure not that kind of parent that's like gonna yell and scream and cause fights now. I will say, if you're another parent and you say some shit about my kid, then we might be fighting. But I'm not gonna fight a ref. I'm not gonna fight any. Like I'm not. I'm not ignorant like that. Um, what is your favorite collectible? Not necessarily your most expensive or rare collectible, but what is your favorite? Who man. It's basically the 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 question is like if there's a fire in your house and you only have the ability to take one of your things with you that's not your family, right? That's tough. That's tough. Um one of my favorite things is my werewolf by night 32. Uh it's probably the most it is the most expensive thing that I own now. It was probably the it was probably the most expensive thing that I bought when I did if you don't count like game consoles, right? Um I I I I like the I I love the Werewolf by Night thirty two for this, for the simple fact that it was something that I had wanted for so long, and was finally able to get to a place where I was financially capable of buying it, and if I sold it today, I would make that money back times at least two if I ever decided to sell it. Um, the thing with with my collectibles is that. I legitimately look at them every day. Um uh every 3 to 4 months I will readjust my shelves and the things that I have and I like redo my displays. Um just to make it feel like okay, these aren't just collecting dust. They are here, they're you know, and then just a change of scenery with things. My favorite thing, man, I have a Batman statue this might be my favorite thing just because of the 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 sentimentality of it um when my daughter was born i saw this statue it's batman and it's a little cartoony if anybody ever wants to see it i can send you a picture of it but it's kind of got a little bit of a cartoony aesthetic to it and it's batman and he's holding a little baby batgirl and then on his back is like a baby nightwing a baby robin and a and a baby red hood and it's one of those weird instances where you see something and it like immediately makes you feel something like it's just a statue right but the fact that i had just become a father and this is batman my favorite dc character one of my favorite comic book characters of all time And he's holding a little baby Batgirl. And my daughter loves Batgirl. So it was this weird, like, cohesion. So it's probably one of my favorite things. It's in a glass case. Um, You could argue that the things that are in my glass case are probably more important. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that I have all of the Storm Collectibles MK line. Because it is extremely rare. It's hard to get. After after they hit stores, they don't make them anymore. So like those are those are pretty awesome. Um, I have a lot of I have a lot of cool stuff that I like, but um, you know I would say that back the Batman Batgirl statue is probably my favorite just for sentimental reasons. What is your thoughts on the controversial Thor design in God of War Ragnarok, and also how hyped are you, bro? I don't get it. I don't. I maybe I'm too old maybe I'm not a part of just, and this is going to sound ironic if you know me, but like finding, I feel like when I have issues with things, I'm having legit complaints about things. I'm not looking for a reason to not like something. And the whole Thor thing feels like people are just trying to find something to complain about. I don't get it. It makes, it's closer to like what Thor would look like in the actual Norse mythology than what you are, you the general you are brainwashed to think that it looks like chris hemsworth he's you know the thor if anybody doesn't know and they showed what thor looks like in thor ragnar or in god of war ragnarok and he's got red hair and he's got what appears to be a beer belly but that's not what it is if you look at the like legitimate world's strongest men they're not all super physiqued out they have huge arms and like they have like huge like abdomen areas And it's because they're super fucking strong, right? So it's more accurate to like what it would be than you know this super chiseled Chris Hemsworth looking kind of guy, right? And it's it's fine, like it's there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, How hyped are you, bro? I'm super fucking hyped, man. I'm so hyped. Um, The Last God of War was top three games of all time, probably. And again, I don't know if had i not been a father i think the game is great on its own but i think it hits a little differently just like the last of us does if you're not a you're not a parent like cuz that that's the struggle right like the whole journey like yeah it's you know it's kratos and he's killing people and gods and stuff like that but like the core of the story is learning how to be a parent and that's the same thing with the last, that's why the last of us 1 is so good because it is literally someone trying learning how to be a loving parent. And you're taking this this person who is not known for love and compassion and they have to, like they they're putting in situations where they like they have to and to show that it's not a weakness and all these things. So like I'm super hyped for it. I will say my one my one not complaint, my one notice and it's not enough, like it's not even that big of a deal, but just to be fair, I do think that it is what they showed does not look like a ps5 game it looks like a very 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 high-end ps4 game i think the god of the first god of war looks amazing like it looks amazing and i think that this game looks is going to look amazing it's just that it looks like a ps4 game not a ps5 game if that makes sense and the death loop is the same way um returnal was the first game that i played that felt like a ps5 game i would I would argue that Ratchet and Clank has the technology with, with how it like loads and stuff, but Ratchet and Clank still looks like Ratchet and Clank. Returnal, while it may not be like the most graphically heavy thing, like, I mean, if you go back and play Uncharted 4, it, you could pass that as like, it could, I mean, it looks not like a PS4 game, right? But like, I just feel like the graphics are a little more akin to like what God of War on PS4 looks like rather than like, and that's also that's part of my problem, too, is that I'm in the mindset, I'm not in charge, right? I'm not in charge of Sony, so I can't make this call. But I'm in the mindset that, you know, make... I know they can't. It's not as easy as just like, oh, make more PS5s available. I get it. I understand supply issues and all that. But, like, when you have to develop for multiple systems, you have to make it to where that experience is as close as possible to both systems, right? So what that, in turn, does is it makes the PS5 version graphically dumped down for you know so that it is the you used to have the PS4 version that looks similar right so it's whatever it's not enough to even make it stink to me like I don't I don't give a shit I also know how games are made so if someone or something is considered popular but I've never heard of it is it actually popular who gets to decide that and like I got this question and it kind of stopped me in my tracks because I'd never thought of it before and sorry I've been talking I needed some water I uh that's a great question because there's things that happen on Twitter all the time where so-and-so does this or so-and-so says this and I'm like I don't fucking know who this is but like everybody knows who this person is and I'm just like okay but then again I can, there's probably shit that I post about on, on Twitter too, or like just in general conversation with somebody and they probably don't know who it is either. I think it's all driven by social media, news, entertainment. I mean, I guess, you know, I know who Rihanna is. Like I don't listen to Rihanna, but like, is Rihanna popular? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> but like, is some random person on Twitch that has 2 million subs that I've never heard of, are they popular? Not to me, but they're popular to somebody. So that that's a weird question. I don't think there's like a right or wrong answer to that because it's whoever... I mean, I guess there is a certain sect of people. Like, everybody knows who Chris Hemsworth is, right? Everyone knows who Bruce Willis is. Like, those people are popular, but everybody knows who Michael Jordan is, you know? So, like... But not everybody knows who James Robinson is. So it's kind of... It's just whatever's in your in your cultural bubble, I suppose. Um, what would your ideal Moon Knight game look and play like, and who would you want to develop it? When I read this question, my first instinct was naturally rock steady and make it play like Arkham, but the problem is is that doesn't help with the stereotype that Moon Knight is just basically Marvel's Batman, because he's not. They're very similar, but they're not really... Um, any more similar than superheroes or similar with other superheroes, right? Um, I Then I thought Remedy, but then Remedy would make a hell of a Doctor Strange game. Oh my gosh, it would be super, super awesome if Remedy did a Doctor Strange game because it would be just weird enough. Um, but like as far as, and I don't really know who can make a good Moon Knight game, um, but you need it to be different enough and you want that combat to be real crunchy you know you want it to be you want it to feel like you're in a fight um yeah i don't know man i i I do not have an answer to that i thought i like legitimately that's the question i thought about the most um because then you like you don't want to really pigeonhole your stereotype like oh well this studio only does this um i don't know nether realm (laughs) nether realm could make uh, an adventure game. Shaolin Monks was bad as hell. It was awesome. So give me give me Realm Studios making a Moon Knight game. That'd be awesome. A Moon Knight and Tigra game or something. I don't know. It'd give me a co-op. That'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. <laughs> It'd be like two of my favorite things coming together. Um, what is something about you that might surprise some of us? Oh, I'm a pretty open book. I feel like you. most people know most things about me. There's not a whole lot that I have, like, hidden in the closet as far as how I feel about things. Um, I hate, I do hate the, like, when something is referred to as, like, a nation. Like, for example, if you referred, if, like, we referred to everybody that listens to this podcast, spaghetti nation. Like, it's so lame. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, like, everyone knows I don't like the word Gamer. Like, I just play video games. Why does it have to have a fucking label on it? But, like, I don't, like, you just see stuff all the time. They just add the word nation to the back of things. It's like, yo, I'm part of Doll Nation, like Doll Soap or whatever. <laughs> it's just, like, so stupid. Uh, yo, Spaghetti Nation. I'm part of that Mortal Kombat Nation. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's like a fandom thing. I don't like it. I don't know where it started. This is, like, a recent, like, within the last, like, 10 years sort of thing. Because nothing was referred to as blank nation when I was growing up, but I hate it. I don't like it. Be more creative with your with your fan base. You know what I mean? Don't just like add nation to it. It's lazy, and it just sounds so lame. Yo, I'm part of that soap nation, baby. Do nation, Old Spice nation. Um, I my fingernails are almost always uh, clipped. I don't like when my fingernails, the white part of your fingernails. That like grows Like I hate it It like bugs the shit out of me So like I'm clipping my fingernails Like two or three times a week Maybe Maybe not that much Maybe at least twice a week um, One thing I do love Is I love flossing my teeth Oh it's so satisfying I floss After every meal And sometimes I floss after snacks Because I've gotten into such a habit Of flossing my teeth That if I don't my teeth feel dirty, um, and I don't know where that came from exactly. But it's to the point now that like I absolutely cannot not floss my teeth. It's just it's not it's not feasible. It's not something that I can do, and 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 just like feel comfortable about myself. I just I can't do it. Um, I think I've got all the questions. Oh my God, Jacob! If you could control your butthole like your mouth would you do it? I mean, yeah. It'd be like a party trick, right? I mean, I feel like that's what you got to do. If you if you have that kind of talent, it'd be like Ace Ventura sort of, right? You just, you, you have to do it if you can do it.